Good evening once again. Um, yesterday I did an evening pod- podcast and today I'm doing the same. As I said, end time. We are talking about the end times. So now we read from Revelation chapter one to Revelation chapter Revelation chapter one, verse one. To Revelation chapter eight. Wait, Revelation. Sorry, Revelation chapter one, verse one to eight. Um. So now I'm going to read Revelation chapter one, verse nine, and then we'll go to verse ten after. So. Okay, Revelation chapter 9. It says, I, John, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and presence and endurance that I was in Jesus was on the land of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse 10, it says, On the Lord's day, I was in spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice with a trumpet, which says, Write on the scroll what you see, and send it to seven churches. So the churches are written down, so you can open your Bible and let's read, okay? So verse 12, it says, so you see, when you open the verse, you can see the seven churches. I really want to kind of um, hurry with this thing so that we can finish in the next 15 minutes. I don't really want to take that much of your time. So I want to, you know, explain things to you. And then we'll go on. So verse 12, it says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was, was someone like a son of man. Dressed in a robe, reached down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of a rushing water. Verse 16, it says, "In In his right hand, he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp, two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brightness. Verse 17. When I saw him, I fell to his feet and as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive for every, forever and ever. And I hold the key to life, to death and hell. Verse 19 says, Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mysteries of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven gold, gold, golden lampstands. Is this 
The seven stars are the angels, and the seven churches are the seven lampstands and the seven churches. Wait, the seven lampstands are the... Oh, no, let me repeat it again. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Okay. So, as you are in reading your Bible, let's go to the next verse. So, you can go along with me as I'm reading. Okay. The church of, um, in Ephesus. Yeah, I think so. To, sorry, to, to the angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands i know you i know your deeds your hands work and your perseverance i know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false verse 3 and what well, you have perse- you have preserved and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, before, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Verse 5. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do, do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from this place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of Nicolans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit of to, what the spirit says to the churches. To one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Okay. So when you read this. I, you know, normally I think, I don't wear my glasses. <laughs> I think sometimes you just need to read the Bible more than once in order to really understand what it's talking about. So it's talking about um, one of the churches, and you know, the church cannot tolerate evil people. And I've tested those who claimed they were apostles and saw they were false. So, a lot of us don't really like those um, evil people in our life. Anyway, in verse 4, there's a kind of a twist. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. So, although, you know, the church had, had, the church had like, kind of a good relationship with God and all that, you can see that the church, like, everything the church did was kind of But then we forget one little detail we are live, um, living in our lives. Some of us used to go to God, like we are so strong in God, God's love and everything. So let's say you read your Bible a lot, you worship God, you go to church, you, you help people, you preach the gospel, you do all the godly things. But yet, as some time goes on, you, you begin to um, 
lose become weak in some particular areas like for example praying to god you don't sometimes you spend like oh 30 minutes with god and you're talking to god and all that and worshiping and praising him but now you spend about five to ten minutes because you think you see my life i am too busy at this moment for god You come back saying, come back saying, come back saying, and now uh, you actually don't do as much um God fearing things you were doing at first, and you now go into the wicked ways of man. And you now go into the wicked ways of man and keep on going like that, which is not supposed to be right. You are not supposed to live your life here wild. If you are, no, you are a God-fearing person. The reason we were given the name Christians, some of you don't even understand the word Christian. Christians mean little Christ. Christ Jr. You know some people, when they say, hey, you are like, you are so much like your father. You are so much like you are so much like your father. You, you and your father are really identical to each other. And they want to say that, I say, you and your father, your personalities, oh, your personalities are the same. You people, you know, act alike, you look alike. We need people to say that to us about our Christian lives. When someone needs to come to you, or, you know, you need to have this feeling that, oh, when, when people look at you and when God looks at you, God will be, will be pleased in his heart that, ah, my goodness, my child is like me. My child acts like me. My child is God-fearing. My child is um, righteous in everything he does. My child is loving. He's merciful. He's kind. Those are the things we are supposed to do in our lives. Do not fall short so much. Don't even fall short of the glory. Some of us think that, oh, you know, God forgives. So we can do all this um, nonsense we think we want to do. We'll sin, we'll lie, we'll like fighting with our siblings, insulting our mothers, fathers, doing a lot of things to elders and all that. And then you go back to God and you're like, ah. you go back to God and you start like singing and dancing and something. You need to turn something in your life. You need to turn around. Your life needs to have a new... You need, you need to bring yourself back. You need to bring yourself back. God is watching you and you need to be careful. You know, Jesus, you need to bring yourself back. Just take this few minutes and pray. I'm going to play a song at the background, but then as I'm playing the song, you are praying. But it's not going to be so loud to interrupt you.
Let's pray. We know that we have fallen short of your glory and we tend to fall in certain areas of our lives. But Father, we are here today in front of you, in front of your presence, to ask for forgiveness. Father, we have sinned and we have sinned and we are sorry. We've done so many things that has drifted us away from you, that has made us turn a blind eye against you. But Lord, we stand forth from you and we know that you love us and you care for us and there is nothing that you cannot do. Father, I ask for you to cover us, oh Lord. We have fallen, we have fallen short of your glory. We may turn to evil ways. But Father, help us, Father. Help us help ourselves. Help us know that you still love us and help us come back to you and help us not fall. Father, let us Father, guide our path. And let Father give us knowledge. Give us knowledge to be more in you and to be more like you. Father, we want to be more like you every day for the rest of our lives. We want to be in heaven with you, and we always want to be in heaven with you. Father, do not leave us, O Lord. Cover us in the mighty name of Jesus and guide our paths. We sometimes fall and we are sorry. We sometimes fall and, Father, we know you forgive us. We know you've forgiven us. But sometimes it hurts our hearts to know what we've done. Build our spiritual lives, oh Lord. Father, help us build our spiritual lives. And let us have this, this instinct to always be with you no matter what. The way we are not, we are not, we can't live without our phones. We can't live without food and all that. And we are always struggling to get all those things. Sometimes that we say we can't even live without electricity. Father, let us have that habit of that we cannot live without you because we cannot live without you you give us that air we breathe you give us that water we drink you give us the clothes we wear for that let us live like you are the only person we need because you are the only person we need in our lives thank you lord let bless you continue praying of us need to clean ourselves spiritually we sometimes fall in certain areas in our lives but father bring us out of it god is bringing some people out of the troubles in their lives out of the stress the stress in their life out of the poor habits in their life you guys are being released just accept it just accept the release oh lord accept your release you are being released any bad habits that is in you must see at this moment 
Every chain is broken to stop you from accomplishing your spiritual goals. It's broken. 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 Any chain around you that is stopping you from accomplishing what you've done. I stop it. That is making you sin continuously. That is making you lack in certain spiritual areas in your life. And making you fall short in the glory of God. That's making you sin over and over. That's making you fall short. And that, that is making you not have a place in the tree of life. It's broken. Just accept your release. Just accept your release. Accept your release. Accept your release. You are released. Just wait for a few more. Just act. Just, just build your spiritual being. Just pray. Praying is talking to your father. Don't be shy. I hope the message for today has built someone spiritual life and it's making someone grow and it's reminding us that we although we sometimes claim we are children of God we fall and we don't even realize how we fall in but then we still fall then when you go to God in the end times, you tell God that I did this and this and this for you. I was always this and this. But then immediately he brings your mind to something that you, you, you just fell in. There's no going back at that moment. So you have to change who you... You have to change the bad habits in your life. And become more closer to God. Love you. Follow the Bible. It will help you. As I said very soon, after I finish the revelations... We will go and start all the way from Genesis and come back to Revelation because I feel Revelation is something that we need to read more. Have a blessed and wonderful day. See you tomorrow. Hello. This is the first ever event by Heaven's Gate. Today's event is... The love of God. This is just a practice run of me preaching about the word. So, I don't, um, I started the whole Heaven's Gate channel because of an inspiration from the daily scriptures. It has been an amazing run for me to follow God, although some it's really tough kind of doing it and organizing everything, make sure that there's always some piece of word for people to get inspiration from. It was challenging at first, but I'm being able to push through it and overcome all the odds. So this is a success run about the event, which is named The Love of God. So I'm going to... um. There are many verses which you can take this from. We don't want it to be so long. So um, I jot down some points for it. Okay. God's unconditional love for us. 
no matter what we have done god no matter what we have done in the past god still loves us and forgave us you know when someone loves you unconditionally it means that the word unconditional there's nothing attached to it that you have to do for god to love you some people believe that oh you need to believe in god you need to be a follower of god in order for god to love you that is wrong that is an expression impression that some people are trying to you know shift and pressure into your head that is not how god's love works god loves god loves us even though we don't believe in him he still loves us he wants us to come close to him and believe in him but if not but he like even if you don't believe in him you wake up everyone and that's a blessing he doesn't force you or um, push christianity down your throat some christians are doing that which is wrong god loves you unconditionally no matter what you've done in your past god has still forgiven you and everything you have to remember that fact god's anointing love you open your bibles to john chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 so let's open our Bibles to John three sixteen verse seventeen. This is just gonna be a sharp reading, then I'll explain everything about um, everything. Okay. We have to really get ready. This is gonna be a heck of a event. It's gonna be more sharper and more out there when we start the real thing. Okay. So John chapter, let's open the Bible to John chapter three. Verse 16 to 17. Good. It says that, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have it eternal life. For God did not send his son in this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It tells us that God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, although... We have learned of the death of Jesus Christ. We fail to understand the full meaning. When Jesus died, he created a bridge so that sin does not separate us from God and we can have a chance to salvation. This basically is trying to tell us that Jesus We're going to talk about how Jesus was a lamp here. But Jesus was the, um Jesus was that bridge that separ- that separated us from our sins Jesus was the bridge which separated us from our sins when he died on the cross he conquered both death and life Jesus conquered both death and life So, it's trying to tell us that when Jesus died for us, we now have the chance. Our our pages were cleaned. We started over. We started over. That moment is when God cleared everything. We made new. Like, how he made Adam and Eve, and then they they were removed from sin. That's how God did it. So when Jesus died, I was our sins were just cleared off. 
But still, it does not mean we have to still commit the sins we are doing today. You know, you sit there and you're like, oh, you know, Jesus died for me and all. So, you you um, let me just, you know, if I go and steal my mom's money in her handbag, you know, what does it mean? You know, God died for me. So, yeah, Jesus died for me. So, why don't I just do that and just, you know, he'll forgive me. I'll just go to heaven, like, next how many years. That is not what it means. Although Jesus died for you, it doesn't give you the right for you to have the audacity to keep on saying he forgave you so you want to commit more sins and think you are clean it's like saying that um you went to kill someone you you know you you, you you went to kill someone like killing yourself your part of you and they arrest you like no what you're trying to say is that you kill someone you're like don't arrest me you know what, just forgive me and let's just go in. And you keep on doing, killing people. What do you expect? You see, it's, you, it's not understandable. It's not understandable. We need to understand this. Although Jesus died for us, that doesn't give us the right to still commit a lot of sins and go against his word. He's forgiven us, yes, but it doesn't give us the right to commit them, still commit sins. God's redeeming God's redeeming love. Because of our sins, we have no power to fulfill the will of God. But God's love is shown through Christ who redeemed or paid the price we owed for our um, belching. For God's redeeming love frees us from guilt and fear. Let's open the Bible to Romans chapter 8 verse 3 to 4. It says, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God, God did have sin. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so the condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the lord of the law might be faithful with us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit god has redeemed us in the old testament you you like for people to actually seek the face of god and to get the opportunity, opportunity to actually experience God's presence in them. It was very rare, rare, actually. Being born again was a rare occasion, which a lot of people did not know and did not believe and did not inquire the knowledge of that wonderful experience. When you read the Bible in the Old Testament... You realize that God, you know, when he sent Jesus to pay the price. In the Old Testament, sheep were used as a symbol to pay for the nation's crimes. Yes. Sheep were used as a symbol 
to pay for the nation their crimes against God. But you know what? Jesus was that last sheep. He was the last sheep that was killed in order for us to live. He was the last sheep that was killed so that we do not um, we don't need to go to peace and keep on killing sheep over and over and over again just because we need to be cleaned. God has already cleaned us and forgiven us. All we just have to do is accept the forgiving and unconditional anointing, redeeming, justifying, adopting, glorifying love of God. And sanctifying love of God. So let's open the Bible to uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by coming as a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who is hanged on a pole. Jesus carried our sins to the cross. That day, Jesus died. He carried our sins to the cross. And when he died and went to fight for the key of death and life, he redeemed us. That was when we were cleaned and now we have access to the power of God. We have access to the face of God. We have access to salvation because salvation wasn't given to us easily in the Old Testament. But God was the Jesus. Jesus was the last sheep that was killed for us. Then we move on to God's justifying love. For God gave us the gift of grace so we can be set free. He does not call us by our sin, but by our name. This is how we are able to stand before his presence. Romans chapter 23 verse 20. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 to 25. Let's open there. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all just justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God's presence has God's presence. God presented Christ as a sacrifice to anointment through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forerunner and had left the sins command, um, committed beforehand unpunished. When Jesus came to set us free, One amazing thing I am really grateful for is that God set me free. God set us free. That he sent his only son. Because you know what? Imagine if Jesus didn't die. 
We will not have the key to salvation. We will not have the chance to salvation. And we will be punished worse than Jesus Christ. We're even like him. How would you feel to be on a cross? To be have been beaten. You they spat on you. They made you carry the cross to a high hill. Kneeled your hands and feet and put a golden put not a golden put a crown of thorns all around your head. Dad, even watching the movie or reading about it, we are all scared. Imagine going through it. But Jesus went through it so that we can be set free and we shall not be we shall not be called and identified by our sins but by the names God has given to us. That's why we are able to stand forth God when we say, God, I give myself away so you can use me and set me free. That means you've been clean and you've been made new once you follow that after it is done. To stand forth in front of God, you needed to be clean. But I'm telling you, you can be clean in that altar. You can be clean in that church of yours. When they baptize you, when you give yourself to God, when you set yourself free, you can be free like that. You do not know. You do not need to kill another sheep to say, I am free from my sin. But Jesus was the last sheep. And now you shall be identified and you can stand in front of God and talk to him easily. I want to talk about the adopting love God. God has adopted us into the most amazing family, but not only forgiving us, but allowing us to call him Father. Remember, it says in the Bible, Abba, Father. Hello, Jimmy. Hi, I came to greet you. I need a charger. Sorry about that. Let's go on. They adopted. God has adopted us into an amazing family by not only forgiving us, but allowing us to call him Father. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance, include salvation, strength, hope, peace, comfort, providence, fellowship, and so much more. Let's open our Bible to Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Okay. It says that this, okay, let me Let me read from verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, And by him we cried, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testified with our spirit that we are cho- God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs 
heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sacrifice in order to in order that we may also share in his glory. They're trying to tell us that when we receive the Spirit of the Lord, when we receive the Spirit of the Lord, we were known as children of God. When we receive the Spirit of the Lord when Jesus died, you can receive the Spirit when you accept him. He said, and then you are known as a child of God and you are part of his family. You receive his inheritance, which is salvation, strength, hope, peace, comfort, provision, fellowship, and so much more. If open to second, uh, sorry, let's go to the Old Testament. Colossians chapter 12. Wait, 1 Colossians verse 12. It says that, And giving um, joyful thanks to the Father, we have qualified to share the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So, as we receive the Spirit of the Lord and allow Him to come and take over us, our lives, we have received their inheritance. As though children receive their inheritance of their father, we have received the most amazing inheritance anyone can ever take, anyone can ever receive, and no one can take from us. Once we um, approve of the Spirit, we ask the Spirit to take over our lives, that we can call God Father and go to Him and say, Father Lord Jesus, Father Lord God, can you please protect me throughout this day? You can call him father comfortably because he is your father, the most amazing father who will never leave you nor forsake you. Some people, your fathers, abandon some people. But I'm telling you, that father that you stick by in heaven will never forsake you for nothing. For you are loved and you are redeemed in him no matter what. God's sanctifying love. In the Old Testament, the priests, yes, 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 used to kill sheep as offering for their sins. But when God sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, that was the last sheep that was needed because he carried the sin of that generation and more to come and more to come. That in positionary sacrifice, in Hebrews 10, 10, it says that, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So in that time, every no, I think every month or every year, a priest goes and kills a sheep. So all the sins of that land is brought upon that sheep and killed. So that it shall receive forgiveness. But I'm telling you that in Hebrews 10 and 8, it tells us that when Jesus died, he was that last sheep who carried the whole, whole world, their sins, and those to come. 
So I'm telling you, my great-grandchildren, my children, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, they have already received the blessings of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Progressive sacrifice. It isn't about salvation. Where we are saved by grace, not works. It is not how we live after being saved. It is when we die to sin and live in Christ and start producing the fruits of the Spirit as oppressed to the um, production of the fruits of the flesh. God's satisfying love sets us apart from the, his, special, his special plan. Now, this part of sacrifice is trying to tell us that we were not saved by our works. Like evangelism, prophesying, preaching. No. We were saved because we had grace. God's abiding grace was covering us. Now, we need to die in sin and live in Christ in order to receive the full blessings of God. We need to die in the flesh and live in the spirit. I'm not saying go and kill yourself right now and say, oh, you know, she said, she said I should just die in the flesh. Don't ask me I'm using this accent. She said, I should die in the flesh. And you know what? I'm going to die. I'm going to kill myself so I can live in the spirit. My God, hallelujah. Then you go and kill yourself. No, 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 no. I'm trying to say that when you die in the flesh, then you are removing the earthly things away from you. You are not becoming of this earth. You are not of this earth, but you are of the Father in heaven. So you have cleaned yourself. You have renewed yourself. As a perfect creation, once you die in the flesh, and now when God, immediately you die in the flesh, God's plans can start working in your life. Furthermore, we are going now to the glorifying love. God shows us his glorifying love throughout our lives. We have wrestled with sin, but we, have, we are promised that the good works of God begins in us will be com- completed. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. If Philemon, sorry. It says that I pray with my partnership with us in the faith may be ex- um ex- effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of God. We are going to be with the Lord, our God. Sinful nature will be left behind and we will be like him and we, and with him forever. God's glorifying love is unlimited destination for Christians. So we have wrestled with sin, but once we allow God to take over our lives and renew us, we are made perfect, we are made new, we are made clean, we are made into a perfect creation. And that is when God's glory, and that is when you can call yourself a true Christian and a true child of God. When you clean yourself and you kill that flesh in you and you let the spirit live apart. We can open our Bibles now to Genesis. We come to the understanding that God has always put us first. Even, I know that. Just um, I'm just an 
mission. Okay, sorry for the distraction, but we can open the Bible to Genesis. Um, we can come to understanding that God has always put us first, even even before we came to this world. God made the heavens and the earth, light and darkness. He parted the sea from the sky and dried up parts of the sea to make land. He created uh, trees and vegetation. He created living creatures that then made us. If all those things weren't there before he made us, where will we walk, eat, see, drink water, and praise how wonderful his works are? God cares so much about us, so we should never feel like we are alone. If if you think no one loves you, well, that is so wrong. The supreme God, higher than all love, your loves you unconditionally. So if it is something we should never forget, whenever you forget, say this. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. I am telling you that God made all those things before making you because he wanted to make a perfect place that we can all live in. Where would we have been if the earth, if the earth and heavens were made? We won't be anywhere. God thought of us first and made us his, his like he filled his mind with us. I want to end this saying that God's love is the best love anyone or one of us can receive. And you should not take that for granted. So I wanted you to always keep this in your mind. I'm going to show you some words which you should keep in your mind. To Christ, I am blessed. I am saved. I am redeemed. I am adopted. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am chosen. I am sealed. And I am a child of God. This is something you want to keep in your heart forever and never lose it. Thank you for um this practice run and I hope we can you know tomorrow is just an amazing time and I'll be having a special guest with me. Her name is Tiffany, so she's gonna help me preach to you about the love of God and she's taking some notes down on how to you know receive the everlasting love of God and receive the most adoring and fantastic thing in the whole world so i hope you are ready to receive a powerful word tomorrow first may at 12 o'clock okay so don't miss out on this amazing and fun fantastic time okay so i just want to say have a blessed and wonderful day evening uh, day day yeah and continue to work with God and he will make something new in your life no matter what. Thank you.